Welcome to the Concordia Publishing House podcast, where we consider everything in the light of Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm your host, Elizabeth Pittman. Much of what we know and love, we learned in childhood. This is especially true of the hymns and songs that were impressed on our hearts and minds early, and these have stayed with us throughout our lives. Jacob Weber joins us today to discuss the importance of introducing children to the beauty of hymnody earlier in their lives and how that can support them as they grow in their faith. Jake is the Associate Editor of Music and Worship at Concordia Publishing House. In addition to being a sought-after composer, he is the editor of One and All Rejoice, a beautiful new hymnal designed especially for our children. Before we jump into our conversation with Jake, I'd like to thank our friends at the LCMS Foundation for their ongoing support of the CPH podcast. Imagine a future where your God-given gifts continue to benefit your family and faith after you're called home to heaven. The LCMS Foundation can help you create a gift plan so that your assets, things like your retirement accounts, home or land, will leave a lasting impact on the people you love and the ministries you care about the most. Learn more about creating a gift plan at lcmsfoundation.org. Now on to our conversation with Jake. Welcome, Jake. How are you doing? Good. Thanks. Glad to be here. And thanks for asking me to be on. It's going to be fun, I think. I know that our listeners, um, based on what I've seen on the stats, really love episodes about music and hymns and the, how the faith is expressed through that. So I think this will be a lot of fun. Um, before we really jump into all of that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You've you've been composing for what, you know, Kali and I were just talking about. It seems like forever. Um, with the volume of, of work that you've produced. Tell us a little bit about how you got started um, composing and with your interest in music. Um, so the interest in music came when I was a young kid and um, specifically church music. I always loved um, being in church. I would, I would turn around and always look up at the organist during church. And, um, you know, that led to taking some piano lessons and then eventually organ lessons. And uh, there was one spring where I, I, I took all of spring break and I just went to the church every day and I played the organ with no lessons and I just experimented. And I think the love of, of church music and hymnody and everything that goes along with that just came out of that. Um, but so then that led to, you know, degrees in music and such and um, always an interest to create um, and, and make my own uh, music, make my own arrangements. And um, specifically, the texts were always really speaking to me. And, you know, to be able to text paint and stuff like that um, was always a great interest of mine. So um, really started composing in college and kind of developed, a, um, I guess, a, a little list of arrangements that I had written in college. And when I got out of college in my, my first um, position as a cantor in Michigan, um, I thought, ah, oh, maybe, maybe I'll submit these. And um, at first with hesitancy, my wife really had to push me to do it. And after that, um, you know, they were accepted and there was a good relationship and they encouraged me to do more. CPH encouraged me to keep writing <laughs> and I did, and they kept accepting them and I was happy about that. So, um, you know, always improving over the years, of course, too, always striving to be the very best. So um, that that's how I got to, to doing what I'm doing. And and have loved it. Do you have a favorite author, favorite hymn writer that you like to work with? That I like to work with? Um, well, of course, 
Um, there's our in-house Lisa Clark. It's always fun to see what she's got because she writes so many texts and there's so many options. Um, so that's fun. Um, and she's always open for suggestions and, um, you know, changes if, if there needs to be any. Um, Pastor Steve Starkey is always fun too. Um, you know, he's so well known and it's such an honor to be able to take one of his texts and, and put it to music. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a host of other ones too, but th those are just a few. Well, it's always um, fun for us to hear your your compositions when they're released. I was listening this morning to um, the CPH Music 2021 New Music Playlist, the piano and organ. I think you had a few in there um, that came through as, as the playlist was going. So it was a nice way to start the day with the hymn, the organ and piano music piping through the office. Yep. So what is it about hymnody that is so powerful for us. Um, you know, it, it's, it really speaks to people of all ages. And what do you think it is that really triggers that emotional connection? Well, you know, hymns um, have been a vehicle for teaching the faith, you know, for centuries. And one of the great values I think of hymnody is that it can help children and adults learn and apply their faith through these hymns and the beauty of poetry and the beauty of the rhyme it's memorable and it's attractive to us and um you know so hymn writers craft words that speak about christ's promises and um of grace and salvation and um, composers craft hymn tunes that fit these texts and that are singable and they're memorable you know, as, as children sing the words, as adults sing the words, we were proclaiming to one another and we're confessing our Christian faith to one another. And so um, specifically, once we get into this hymnal, I think, you know, the opportunity to engage children and teach them the faith and to explain to them what these words mean um, is it's important because a lot of times this poetry does need to be explained too, because sometimes poetry you know, word order can be backwards and such. And so needs a little bit of explanation, but um, I think, you know, we're teaching our kids about one of the greatest gifts that God has given to the church. And um, that is to sing the faith. Um, we're setting our children up for a lifelong love of um, appreciation of hymnody and the comfort that they will find in these hymns, something that they can constantly go back to. And it's no secret that um, life is full of surprises, of course, and whether they're good or bad surprises, um, we need to lean on Jesus in any situation. And uh, one of the ways that we can teach our children to do that is through these hymns that we sing. Um, you know, they contain Christ's promises of grace and of mercy and of forgiveness. I, I think it's neat how, in addition to the great deal of effort and, and passion that you poured into the new children's hymnal, One and All Rejoice, it's not your first foray into producing music for kids. Uh, if I remember correctly, you and your wife put together the hymns of the church year for kids, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was, what, what was it that triggered that? Cause that's really a neat project. Um, I'm kind of diving off course here a little bit, but tell us about what it was like to work with your wife on that and what really prompted the two of you to put that piece together. Well, that was interesting because that came about, um, as an invitation um, from CPH to to me to do both the music and the text. 
And I sat around on it for a while and I thought, I, I'm not the one to, to write the words for these. I can do the music. Can I, can I ask my wife to do the text too? Because she's very, she's, she's good with that. Um, and so it, it turned into a project for both of us. Um, and it was interesting because, you know, we, we, she'd write something and then I'd take it to the piano and I'd, I'd try something and this isn't quite working. And of course the texts always ended up going into editing and, and being finalized in that way first before I got to them and made some final decisions on the music. But yeah, we, you know, we had to consider certain things, um, you know, the easiness of the melody and is it memorable, um, you know, th th those kinds of things. So tell us a little bit about why kids should have their own hymnal. I mean, I, I could imagine the argument coming of, well, we already have a hymnal for the church that's beautiful and is filled with wonderful, wonderful hymnody and other additional resources for um, learning and growing in our faith. Why should we have one that's geared towards our children? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, knowing my kids, for example, I know that they're each going to want their own hymnal and they're <laughs> not going to want to share, not, not downplaying sharing, of course, but you know, the hymnal is special. And especially when you see this cover, I know each kid is going to want their own to hold. Um, but you know, if you have your own Bible, you have your own catechism, you should also have your own hymnal and it becomes a part of your devotional life. And teachers recognize this too, um, that children should, you know, learn how to navigate their hymnal independently because they're going to be using it in chapel and such, turning from the hymns, turning to the liturgies, turning to the prayers, uh, and even understanding that basic language. And, you know, that's knowledge for, for chapel on Sunday morning um, as children seek to participate. And um, I think, too, you're going to find yourself always wanting to come back to your hymnal throughout your life. So it's, it's good to know that you have it. Um, but why one and all rejoice and not just LSB? Um, I think, or another hymnal, of course, but I think it's important to emphasize that we're not necessarily recommending OER as a replacement or substitute for Lutheran service book, but one and all rejoice was designed to provide a pedagogic value and to serve as a resource for supplemental hymnody um, just to have both hymnals handy, um, you'll be set because two is better than one. And <laughs> um, but also this the content that's in One and All Rejoice, the, a third of it is from LSB. Um, and you know we we went through a variety of processes and strategies to pinpoint exactly what to include. Um, but the remaining two thirds of the content is actually new or newer. Um, they were gathered from other hymnals, from the CPH Choral Library, new hymns, and we also, um, well, newer hymns, and also new hymns that we commissioned to be written for this hymnal, um, such as Lisa Clark wrote some of the hymns, uh, Pastor Starkey wrote some of the hymns and contributed to the content. So, Well, I think I think it's neat how you said, because it's it, it definitely complements LSB with two-thirds of the over 200 hymns in here are not included in LSB. So it's a nice expansion, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Um, and I do remember we talked about kids wanting their own. I remember being first grade, six, seven years old. And I don't remember the name of it, but I do remember the hymnal that my little Lutheran school 
let me had for daily use and I got to take home and it was had a green cover. I found it in our library once. I need to go find it again. But I very clearly remember sitting with that on our porch, flipping through it, reading the hymns. Um, and so that that really created some strong memories over the years. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's kind of neat. I gave a copy of the one and all rejoice to my sister for my nephews. And they're at a place where they don't have a Lutheran school nearby. And what I, the, my sister shared back with me is she loves that when you open the hymnal, you have the morning and evening prayer there and you have the other thing, you know, the creeds and all that right there handy for them to use in their devotional time. So it has become a, a neat devotional tool. Yeah. And I think we took some cues from LSB too. What, what people really seem to appreciate from LSB was that, yeah, you could find those prayers really easily. And so it only made sense that we would include those in the front and the back. What are some ways that could be fun for kids and either their parents or their teachers, if they're doing this in a school setting to really get in and explore the hymns beyond just being told to open to hymn, you know, 132 to sing for devotion or, or prayer time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the things you can do is you can go to cph.org rejoice and you can check out this cool hymn timeline and you can kind of explore um, where all these hymns kind of came from and who the authors were and such. Um, but there's there's a lot of fun things in the hymnal that you can do um, that are going to be more than just straightforward singing a hymn. Um, many of them were set up to provide the opportunity to sing in canon. Um, so a hymn sung in canon is just a matter of singing the tune in succession. So one group of children will begin singing the hymn, and then a second group will begin singing the hymn one measure later or two measure later, two measures later. And the effect is really kind of neat. Sometimes um, it will result in natural harmony. But I think um, you can think of them as like little roadmaps for singing in parts with just the melody provided. Um, other content includes uh, texts that were written to be sung only as a canon. So they're like these little musical um, um, anthems almost. Um, it's new music that was provided um, with a melody that could be sung as a round. There's maybe a little accompaniment that kind of creates a foundation to just assist with the pitch and everything. Um, but when children sing these, they will they will begin to sing independently and sometimes without even realizing it. Um, so it'll be useful for teachers, for choir directors. You can use these at home to, to sing with your brothers and sisters and your family and um, introduce part singing, which is really kind of cool. I remember as a kid, we always liked the songs that were sung in the round because it was just fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just fun to go and, and chime through and see see where you landed. And everybody ended up smiling at the end of it. It was, it was, yeah, always, exactly. it was always neat. I thought it was it's neat, too, how there is um, a scavenger hunt that the team created on the website where kids and families and classrooms can jump in and really explore the hymnal. Um, in a way that helps teach them different things about the church here and you know diff- different pieces um, related to the, to the hymns and the composition thereof. Yeah, and that that little activity is going to teach kids kind of how to navigate their hymnal because the hymnal is set up um, with the the theme at the top of of page. So for instance, if it's Advent, Advent is located at the top. And so with that scavenger hunt, you can kind of go through, find the Advent section, and then 
uh, find the title of the hymn. And then it'll also teach kids how to find the authors and such, um, you know, at the bottom of the hymn itself, where you can find the author of the hymn, who composed the music, um, what the tune name might be, what portions of scripture is it directly related to, stuff like that. Beyond, you know, what what are other ways, and we touched on this a little bit, but just to drill down into it, what are ways that a hymnal can be used um, as kids and even adults to grow in their faith? Because it really is a neat devotional tool. There's so much on the page that can be used to, to help it grow and learn the faith. Mm-hmm. So in this hymnal specifically, um, with us gearing it towards the schools and children, um, there's lots of teaching tools. Um, using it for chapel, of course, is a great teaching tool. There's lots of liturgies. Um, you can even use it for, for classroom devotion, of course, too. Um, and those liturgies include topics like Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter. So they're pretty specific. Um, and, you know, kind of pulling familiar language from uh, maybe the Sunday service and, and keeping it thematic in a liturgy or something like that. But there's also liturgies for like baptism and confession and prayer. Um, but also there are different prayers that are included that can be used. And the small catechism is even in here too. Um, well, I think one of my favorite sections though is um, the section of catechism hymns, which of course catechism teaching. There are 12 catechism hymns in this hymnal. Six of them are Martin Luther's. And then the other six we had newly created just for the hymnal. So new texts with mostly new music, mostly new tunes. Um, so that can be, a, be, a, um, be used with the small catechism in certain ways too. Um, there's also um, prayers and such uh, that can be sung. Luther's morning prayer, Luther's evening prayer can be sung. There's a canon for meals that can be done, say, before everybody has lunch. Um, there's also the Lord's Prayer that can be sung. So kind of fun ways to incorporate different things uh, into the school day, too. Um, there's also opportunity to learn different language skills. There's some German. There's some Latin. There's some Spanish texts that are included. And this kind of goes hand in hand with, with more global hymnody that is really essential for a music curricula. Um, so, you know, all these are teachable moments and having a resource like this to use um, as you teach music and pedagogy, at the same time, you're teaching the faith to the kids. You're letting the spirit work in the hearts of the children, even as you teach an element of music. So it's pretty neat. I know hymns have long been a part of memory work. Um, and I think I think too, my kids have hymns woven into their memory work. I did when I was a kid and my, my dad has hundreds of hymns memorized where he recalls them. He's, he's gotten to be known for being able to drop a hymn, not just the first stanza, but all the stanzas in the middle of an ad hominem about something else. Why, why is, why is it important to memorize hymns? Um, yeah, good question. I think, um, you know, I can remember memorizing hymns when I was in grade school too. And um, to this day, I carry it with me. And I think that's one of the big reasons. Um, there are many hymns that students should just know. And learning these hymn texts provides children with um, the knowledge of our Christian faith. And I think it blesses them with an armor that they'll 
they'll need and a desire um, and, and they'll desire throughout their life. And having the ability to recall, you know, say the words of a mighty fortress, for instance, but Forrest fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. These are comforting words and you know, times that you might be tempted or in troubling times, which, would, which will point us to Christ and will help us place our confidence in him no matter the circumstance. So um, I think that's one of the, the big reasons. But also, I think hymns are more than just tools for, say, teaching. They're, um, they're, very, personal, they're very personal and um, often conceived from the hymn writer's experience with something maybe terrible in their life, trial, tribulation, or it can be joy and thanksgiving, things that we as the singer can always relate to on a personal level. Um, also, I think the, the tunes um, that are associated with our hymns also provide help provide more of that personal attachment to it. Um, you know, like a mighty fortress is paired with a very militant tune and I am Jesus little lamb is more tender and it's childhood like but it, both of them provide comfort to us in their own way uh, so i think the importance of memorizing hymns is probably twofold the texts will you know they teach us and they comfort us and god's gift of music when they're married to that text they lift our spirits and they give us that vehicle for proclamation and praise to christ it, it just i i love how going throughout my day something can be said and you hear a phrase and all of a sudden it triggers a hymn verse. And mm -hmm. then the rest of the day, you just kind of have that hymn verse, that hymn kind of playing in the background of your mind. It happened. It's, I think it's, I'm finding that it happens more and more the older I get, but you kind of wake up and there's the, like the hymn of the day that just kind of pops into my mind and like, and it's just stuck there for the day. And I, I, I think that's, that's really neat because it is something powerful to meditate on as, as you're going about your day. Well, certainly. As, as we think about wrapping up, there are with 200 hymns in, in this hymnal, many of them new. What are one or two of your favorites and why? Oh, one, um, let's see. I think one of my favorites is um, the inclusion of the text that uh, Reverend Karsten wrote for the hymn competition that took place um, before the um, 500th anniversary of the Reformation. The hymn is, um, Though All Our Life is Like a Scroll, and it features a pompous tune um, that our CPH composer Jeff Blurch wrote, and it's a strong hymn doctrinally. Like, many of our Reformation hymns are. And yes, this is in the church militant section, so a Reformation hymn. Um, it's just fun to sing, and the text proclaims the Christian doctrine so profoundly. So that's definitely one of my favorites. And I think we, we also have an anthem published on it, and you know, people knew about it and were able to use it for Reformation, and I think it kind of became one of those favorites. And here we have the opportunity to uh, now have it, have it published as just a hymn. Um, so, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, otherwise, the, uh, one other favorite would be just the category of the catechism hymns. I think those turned out really well, um, and are really neat. Um, you know, I think they'll just really serve our church well and our students well for teaching purposes and so on. There, there's a, a lot to enjoy in one and all rejoice. And for our listeners, we'll put a link to this in the, in the notes 
where you can go and check out the hymnal and explore the timeline. The timeline is really neat that you referenced earlier, and you can mm -hmm. scroll back through hundreds of years of hymnody and, and really dig into who wrote the hymns and at what point in history they were written and kind of then, and also have access to that scavenger hunt to explore. So there's some really neat tools and resources there. Jake, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Elizabeth. Happy to do this. I appreciate you taking a little, a little bit of time out of your work over there in the music department. Um, and so again, listeners, the link will be in the notes and we'll see you all next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Concordia Publishing House podcast. I pray that this time was valuable to your walk with Christ. We'd love to connect with listeners on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Concordia Pub. Visit cph.org for more resources to grow deeper in the gospel.